My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shoutouts, merch discounts, etc. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, fun fact, I think I've said this in the past, but like now I actually am really going to do it. I have a ton of shirts that I designed in the past that I didn't sell. Like some of them are Romy and Michelle shirts. Some of them are Guy Fieri wow. shirts. I want one. In all sizes. Sorry, I have they're going to the your, patrons, Maria. I think Kurt and Courtney shirts. Well, I want one. Well, Maria, you've you've already announced that you're not a patron of the pod, so you're not getting one. <laughs> Snooze you lose. That's such a Snooze you lose. So if you are a patron um, in the next month or two, uh, be aware you might be getting a shirt. And the more... Uh, just for free? They just get one? Yeah, babe. That's the patron That's way. That's crazy. That's actually like crazy. If you're not a patron, then you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for those of you who are 10 and $15 patrons, you'll be getting more than one shirt. Oh, and also what? I have some cool... How many shirts do you have? <laughs> 
Listen, I made a lot and I expected to sell a lot and uh, <laughs> my entrepreneurial dreams didn't really come true. So now patrons will be getting them. I also have some pins um, of Miranda from Sex in the City when she uh, had braces. I've seen those. I have some of those and I have some pencils. So patrons, you'll be getting some gifts in the wow. mail soon. Wow. Okay, on on to the next. Um, <laughs> rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you have a five-star review, we'll read it during our mailbag episodes. Also, we have a hotline. Lately, it's been a lot of cries for help, but, you <laughs> know, we'll take them. <laughs> uh, please call 626-604-6262 and leave us a voicemail. Wait, Allie, uh, Melissa, is this the yes. first time you're recording from inside your new house? <gasps> it is wow wow yeah that's it's not fully set up yet but i'm in i'm in my uh my little inside How does office it feel? i have a little inside office and an outside office it feels i love it oh here so much God. the energy is so great and i have a desk so oh usually my God. i have to record from bed because <laughs> at my parents house i don't have a desk but i'm sitting down in a chair today wow. which is great yeah it's really energizing yeah, being able to sit like upright is really uh, <laughs> laying back, cool. laying in it bed. Really gets it gets the whole it gets the blood really flowing. <laughs> Melissa, who are our patrons? We've got Halo, Prasanna, Hello, Hello Prasanna, Jasmine, McKenna, Maggie, and Erica. Welcome, guys. They're about to get a lot of shirts. It's like a t-shirt gun just shooting toward your house. <laughs> <laughs> firing the trigger I miss t-shirt guns so I don't know if you noticed but now we're doing this new thing where Melissa and I um, switch off uh, leading the episodes yeah so um, I can't remember what Melissa's I think it was the was. Circleville letters <laughs> yeah Melissa did Circleville did I did Nellie Bly, Bly. so uh, we're gonna go- roll with this format for a little bit uh, Melissa what's your episode today well today I'm doing an episode on a place called Bohemian Grove. And this was suggested to us by a friend of the podcast, Paisley Gray. She called in our live show last week. Super cool. And this has been on our list for like a long time. I've just like wanted to do an episode about it. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to do an episode about it. It's interesting. So here we go. So about two hours north of San Francisco... In the heart of the Redwood Forests is a 2,700-acre plot of land called the Bohemian Grove. It's home to an exclusive gentleman's club called the Bohemian Club. And each July, the club hosts a 17-day event for some of the richest and most influential men in the world. And their purpose is to escape the quote-unquote frontier culture. Some allege that sexual activity, human sacrifice, and prostitution rings comprise this jaunt in the woods. And the plans That's crazy. The plans for the atom bomb were actually created there. True story. Oh my god. And the club is so hush hush that little can be definitely said about it. Is it just a getaway for powerful men or is it something more sinister? Let's get into it. Let's get it. into it.
Okay, so a little bit of history. So the Bohemian Club was established in 1872 by Henry Edwards. And it was originally a group of people who would camp together around Sonoma County and the Redwood Grove near the current location. And the members eventually just purchased the land because mm. they would just go camping. They were like, this is a cool land. Let's like permanently keep this like a little Bohemian Club thing. And a journalist wrote about how amazing it was. And then some San Francisco businessmen actually purchased the land around the Bohemian Grove. And so these original members who were all like artists and musicians continued to hang out there and they entertained all these like rich and international businessmen who like actually own the land. So it's a private club and only active members and their guests can visit it. So you can bring like a plus one? You can bring a plus one. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> and the guests have been known to include politicians and notable figures from other countries. And they're camp managers who are responsible for individual camps. And there's women are actually on the service staff, so they work there, but they can only work during daylight hours. Whoa. Women can't work at nighttime. That's Weird. probably best yeah. for them. It really probably is. I'm sure. So the main area is 160 acres of redwood trees. And there's a large main stage called the Grove Stage with seating for Can 2, a woman 000. be someone's plus one? Well, that's the thing. Paisley went there, I believe, on like the one day of year women are allowed to go there. And it was during the day. Steak and blowjob day? <laughs> yes, yeah, steak and blowjob day. <laughs> yeah, it's an annual tradition. <laughs> but yeah, women aren't allowed there at nighttime. It's weird. Wow. It's weird. Uh, So, yeah, there's a big stage where 2,000 people can be seated. There's a smaller stage. There's about 118 sleeping quarters. And the camps are usually inherited down through a family's male lineage. So you can inherit it from, like, your grandpa, your great-grandpa on the men's side. And the names of the camps, one of them is called the Hillbillies. There's Mandalay, Caveman, Stowaway, <laughs> the Uplifters, <laughs> the Owl's Nest, Hideaway, Lost Angels, Silverado Squatters. Honestly, that's better than what I thought you were going to say. I thought it was going to be like Camp Jews are bad or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Nazis, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, and Idlewild. And there's a really intense security system there, like ex military work as guards there. So some of the members, there's a lot of artists, musicians, prominent business leaders, government officials, former presidents, oil barons, and media executives. There's a lot of bankers, too. And the wait list is around 15 years, and there's 2,700 members. The initiation fee is $25,000. Thank God. Uh, The revenue in 2017 for the Bohemian Club was almost $10 million. So they're making they're making bank. Some members that you may you may know these names. We got George H. W. Bush, Newt Gingrich, William Randolph Hearst, Herbert Hoover, Henry Kissinger, Dick Nixon. We got Ronald Reagan, Teddy Roosevelt. So it's like Republican vibes up yes, in here. It's mostly okay. Republicans. Donald Rumsfeld, Antonin Scalia, the Supreme Court Justice, Ooh. and billionaire Charles Schwab. 
And wow. funnily enough, Trump was never invited. He's never been invited to go. There. That's so sick. I bet <laughs> I bet that's so we should start tweeting at him. Why weren't you invited to be in Bohemia? Yeah, was Epstein ever there? Oh, my God. I didn't even think to look into that. I don't know. Oh, I wonder. I bet he was. I bet. Okay. So people who have been there who are, I don't believe are members, but who have been there. Guy Fieri. That's amazing. Yeah. Jimmy Buffett, Clint Eastwood, and Elon Musk have all like been known to go there to hang out. The people that gather at the Bohemian Club are told that, quote, weaving spiders come not here, unquote meaning business deals are to be left outside. Okay, I have something. You found Epstein Bohemian? I found some Epstein info. So, okay, so uh, one reader went inside uh, Epstein Island, the house on Epstein Island. Oh, yes. And he says, one one reader claimed that the statues inside Epstein Island depicted a deity of the ancient Canaanite religion whose adherents practiced child sacrifice. It's actually an owl, and it's actually the same as the great owl at Bohemian yep. Grove. That's the, the owl. owl is Mal- yeah, the owl is Moloch, a satanic entity that demands child sacrifice. <gasps> oh, because a big wooden owl, like a 30-foot owl, is there, like, is the big statue at Bohemian Grove. Yeah, it doesn't say whether or not he went to Bohemian Grove. Well, I'll if he had a souvenir owl from it. it. Is what you're saying is that he had like one of the owls they give it at from the, the gift yeah. shop. It's <laughs> a gift shop. That's I what it there is a gift like. shop. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> one exception to the whole like weaving spiders come to here like business deals aren't allowed is that in 1942, when a planning for the Manhattan Project took place at the Grove, it led to the creation of the atom bomb. Bohemian Grove, not, <laughs> not the movie the theater Grove. in Los Angeles. Yes, the Grove. <laughs> the Grove on Fairfax. Right and outside Third. the American Girl s- store. <laughs> uh, so Robert Oppenheimer and a couple scientists spent two days talking and planning the Manhattan Project, which was responsible for the creation of the first nuclear weapons. Cheese. Yeah. And then three years later, 1945, the U.S. dropped the atom bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, where hundreds of thousands of people died. So, like, that was, it's rumored to be conceptualized at the Bohemian Grove. Wow. A spokesperson for the Bohemian Grove say the people gather there share a passion for the outdoors, music, and theater. Okay, I'm listening. (laughs) And there's a video clip of Richard Nixon once saying on tape. Oh, no. I'm not going to say one of the words. That's like when Kellyanne Conway did like stand up or whatever. What? Oh, my God. You haven't seen that when like Kellyanne Conway did like stand up or singing in a feather boa. Wait, I think I did. It, it circulated on Twitter a while oh my ago. God, yes, yes, yes. I do remember that. It was, it was mortifying. So gross. So Nixon once said it's the most F word for a gay slur. Goddamn thing you could ever imagine. That's weird. I know. He said that. Why? On t- there's like a video of him saying that. Like someone asked him about it. He's like, it's the most. But wasn't he a part well, of it? But yes. well, maybe what he's saying is that they were getting into some activities that were, you know, very sexual oh. in there. With each other. Got it. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, okay. boys being boys. No girls allowed. No girls allowed. Not at night. Not at night. When the mice are, when the mice are away, oh, the. Boy. The cats will play. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's the old saying. <laughs> yep. You heard it here first. So no women have ever been given full memberships, although they're allowed as guests during the daytime. 
And in 1978, uh, the Bohemian Grove was charged with discrimination over its refusal to hire women employees. And a judge backed the club, saying that members urinate in the open and that the presence of females will alter the club members' behavior. Because what? apparently peeing on trees is a very like oh important God. thing for them. Like that's Honestly, what they do. that is cathartic. I get it. <laughs> oh my God. Have you ever peed outside? It feels really good. Yeah. And the judge was like, yeah, I mean, no women can be allowed there. But then the decision was mm-hmm. eventually overturned. And they it huh. went to the Supreme Court. And their defense was, we pee on trees. So yeah. no girls their allowed. Was, we pee on trees. Yes, they said it would affect the behavior of the I men. mean, I get it. People wanting their own club, like, you know, like... And it's like a private club. Yeah, so I like get they can, it. It's not a government thing. They can do whatever they want. It's like the wing being all women and then, right. like, some 60-year-old loser man one day was like, I'm going to sue. I want to oh, be in the God. wing. Like, you can't tell me not to go. And you're like, come on, yeah. dude. Just, it's weird. Just let them be weird. Like, yeah. you don't need to go, girl. Like, let them be weird. Like, start your own club. Bohemian Grove showed you it's okay to be weird. <laughs> That's a good t-shirt. <laughs> uh, I want to buy that t-shirt. I'd buy it too. So they eventually <laughs> had to hire female employees. The, all the men there still joked about the women saying that they would still be where they belonged in the kitchen. Classic. Classic. Classic B- joke. BG. <laughs> classic BG talk. So then there's a lot of symbols and traditions. So their patron saint is this guy, John of Nepomuk, who, according to legend, died at the hands of a bohemian monarch rather than disclose the secrets of the queen. So he died because he didn't want to like spill secrets. Oh. So they're like, yeah. So there's a large wooden carving of him with his finger over his lips, symbolizing secrecy, like, shh, don't tell. Oh, God. Like, what's that Britney, Britney Murphy movie? I'll never tell. Um, don't say a word. Don't say a word. Yeah. Clueless. Um, so there's a large 30-foot wooden carving of an owl. And so then every year, there's a ceremony that takes place at sunset in front of this giant owl. There's a live symphony as well. And a man called the High Priestess, who's wearing like a red and silver cape, along with like some other dudes who are holding torches... They carry a coffin with the figure of a man inside who they call Care. His name is Care. They carry it onto the stage, and it's apparently a metal skeleton wrapped in paper. (laughs) Okay. At what point does someone go like, okay, I think, no, we got enough. Like, we don't need to put paper on the metal statue. (laughs) Well, it's got to burn. So the owl speaks. Oh, they God. have like speakers. They have speakers in the woods. I would die if I was there. I would die. I would die. This seems fun. This seems like a art school doing a performance. Yeah, but think of it. It's all just like really like buttoned up like guys, like really yeah, gross, like, like businessmen. Yeah. It's, it's so like, sick. Ugh, unfunny. Charles yeah. Schwab. Charles Schwab. Yeah. and so the owl says the voice the voice says the owl is in his leafy temple let all within the grove be reverent before him okay yeah this does sound like fun Allie. you're right this sounds like fun (laughs) yeah and at some point the his died the recorded voice was delivered by walter cronkite 
as the voice was the voice they of the lucky. owl. That's a big get. Yes. That's a big get. Yeah, like they recorded him saying it and they played it. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Not gonna lie. So they burn this coffin and then the members sing a pure eternal flame, a pure eternal flame at last within the lamp of fellowship upon the altar of Bohemia. And then they yell, Begone, dusted care. Once again, midsummer sets us free. And then fireworks go off. Mm. And what does this do for them? Like, what's the point? It's like the signaling of like the beginning of this like week long, two week long festivities that they do once a year. This is like the but big what's kickoff. the point of the festivity? Is it to like bond? Is it what is it? Skeleton or the man, like the effigy, is called care. And they're supposed to burn. Or whatever, does that like stand for something? Or like, like No, it's like they're burning. They're like getting rid of all their like worries and like your cares in the world. And like it's supposed to be this two week. Just like do whatever you want. Like don't worry about work. Like just oh. let off steam. Huh. And then also there's an annual play written by and performed by members. And it usually costs oh, no. hundreds of thousands of dollars to put on. Hundreds of thousands of dollars for a play? Yes. An outside play? Yes. And all the parts of the women are played by men. Oh, I bet that's so funny when they do it. It's like very Shakespearean. So yes. Funny. And so Jack London, he wrote Call of the Wild. Allegedly, he wrote one of these plays one year, and it was called The Acorn Planter, a California Forest Play. And other plays were called The Valley of the Moon, Red is the Grass. Hmm. Like they're just these really huge productions they put on once a year. And they wear like costumes, like not not the people in the play, but like the regular yes. people. So then in 1980, a woman named Mary Moore, who lived nearby the Bohemian Club, wanted to know exactly what was happening in these secret campgrounds. She was, she said, when powerful people work together, they become even more powerful. And she saw it as like a, this assault on democracy because there were so many elected fish, elected officials in this club. She said the American people have the right to know what was going on. And if the politicians were having conversations in there that were affecting public policy, like, people should know. Yeah, for sure. So she founded a group called Bohemian Grove Action Network. And she convinced employees to secretly bring her into bring her info and materials like programs and memberships. And so she had all these people bringing her stuff from the inside. And she discovered that all these famous rich men were there. And she started organizing protests. Oh, wow. And so that brought unwanted attention and media to the club. So some people were like, what is going on inside of this place? Because I've seen like a YouTube video of, of some weird festival going on inside or like a weird yes. celebration happening. Yeah. So there is like stuff on the internet of people sneaking in during their weird performances. There are. So there's been some infiltrators who have snuck in there. So in 1980, Rick clogger got in by posing as an employee and his report was published in uh, mother jones and abc evening news ran a story about it and then spy magazine writer philip weiss posed as a guest for seven days in 1989 when the waiting list was like 33 years long and there was like several thousand members there he was eventually arrested after a week of being there. And he published this article called Inside Bohemian Grove, which is like the first report of the inside. 
And so he said, you know, you are inside the Bohemian Grove when you come down a trail in the woods and you hear piano music from amid a group of tents and then round a bend to see a man with a beer in one hand urinating into the bushes. This is the most <laughs> the gl- urinating thing. Yeah, this is the most gloried ritual of the encampment. The freedom of powerful men to pee wherever they like. A right the club has invoked when trying to fight government anti-sex discrimination efforts, and one curtailed only when it comes to a few popular redwoods just outside the dining circle. And apparently guys swam naked in the river at night, and he also said they told of how a man's heart is divided between reality and fantasy, how it's necessary to escape to another world of fellowship among men. And the main priest wore a pink and green satin costume while another wore a gold-spangled bodysuit dripping with rhinestones. What is going on at this place? (laughs) They spoke about things that would free men to pursue warm fellowship and said, men can decently love each other, they always have, but women never quite understand. Well, now I understand where Nixon was coming from. (laughs) (laughs) Then the crypt was uh, pulled slowly down by the lake by a black-robed figure in a gondola. And it was accompanied by a great deal of special effects smoke. This is what he's describing the cremation of care. He's like, they projected sort of a hologram onto the owl's face so that its beak seemed to move. And then the crypt lit on fire and fireworks went off. And then this year's low low jinks, which is like the annual play, I believe, was called Sculpture Culture. And the humor was not just lame, but circa 1950s college follies lame. Oh, no. Rex Greed, an effeminate gallery owner who sells toilets, tries to convince artist Jason Jones that his future lies in sculptures composed of garbage. This was the play. This is the plot of the play. And when a character describes modern art as the talentless being sold by the unprincipled to the bewildered, the crowd's roar seemed to contain the grief of hundreds of businessmen who have shelled out for the headquarters art they do not understand. So it's just like lame ass humor. This feels like a club that would be on like Arrested Development. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He also said the girls were all played by men. And every time they appeared, their chunky legs and flashed buttocks highly visible through tight support hose, the crowd went wild. What? After one character called the secretaries in the show heifers, (laughs) the audience couldn't resist breaking into moos so now they're they're fat shaming yeah but the biggest crowd pleaser was bubbles bubenheim okay a showgirl as a showgirl turned patroness who rubbed her prosthetic behind against the elevator doors at stage left okay that's funny that's (laughs) funny though that's one of Maria's favorite That's like bits, so actually. a prosthetic that pretty funny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and the doors were re- used repeatedly for wrong floor gags. <laughs> That's so now I get funny. It. That's really the funny. The Bohemian Grove could take all my money. <laughs> for example, at one point, a Little League team came out that included Bob Lurie and Peter O'Malley, the real-life owners of the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers in uniform. And they said wrong floor? Wrong floor, sir. Is that what they say? The- <laughs> I don't that, know. I think, is that our new slogan? Wrong floor, <laughs> Wrong sir. Wrong floor, sir. Uh, the jinx jokes about women were straight out of an old joke book, 
My father said if you have a choice between an angry woman and a rabid dog, take the dog. <laughs> that mean, was that was one of their jokes. Sorry, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's already got a fur coat and the license is a lot cheaper. Oh my God. This is funny stuff. This is good. Funny stuff. This is solid, solid joke writing. And another joke was my wife. (laughs) My wife. Very nice. Uh, Another joke was the only difference between rape and rapture is salesmanship. That goes above my head. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't not only do I get not get it, but I mean I'm sure I should be offended <laughs> by it. it. Sounds it sounds offensive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh he also said the mood is reminiscent of high school. There's no end to the pee jokes and penis jokes, suggesting that these men, advanced in so many other ways, were emotionally arrested sometime during adolescence. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, he also said the peeing is ceaseless and more than a <laughs> little exhibitionist. Crazy. I feel like this, this, the Bohemian Grove has a lot more about peeing yeah. than I had ever yeah. anticipated. I peed at Be- Bohemian Grove. That would be a good, that's a good t shirt. We're definitely going to make that. I peed at you pee. I peed at Bohemian Grove. Uh, one guy yelled, Are you going to show it? As a guy went to pee off the deck. Most of it, at least six inches. Now, don't be modest, George. And another guy yelled, do it counterclockwise, Dickie. That's the best. Oh, I've had my hand off of it for two minutes now. Oh, God. So just like encouraging people to pee. It's gross. So maybe Trump is part of Bohemian Grove because <laughs> there's this whole Trump pee tape allegation. Uh-huh. Like, what is this with like the peeing? And I mean, it's I weird. don't know. I just like maybe this piss play thing is, I don't know. Yeah. There's just, see, I feel that just came to my head. I don't know where to really go with it, but I thought it was. <laughs> it's important. It. It's important. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, then there's a poster outside Monkey Block Camp advertising this year's Grove play called Pompeii, featuring a giant erection under a toga. The set for the play included a wall inscription in Latin meaning always hard. It's so, so many sexual jokes. It's because like, all these guys are so repressed. They don't like, yeah. they're just like, they wear their suits all day and they like never like, I don't know, let loose. And then they have this one week a year where they just go nuts. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, so then 1991, a reporter for People magazine named uh, Dirk Matheson snuck in and observed as much as he could before he was kicked out. And his piece was supposed to run on August 5th, 1991, but it was killed by an editor. And the executives at Time Warner, the company that owned People, were members of the Bohemian Club. Of course they were. All the higher-ups, man. And so in the year 2000, uh, we got Alex Jones. He and his cameraman, John Ronson, got into the camp by posing as members and with a hidden camera, were able to film the, the big ritual, the cremation of care. And so he was able to blend in well because he's also just like an average white dude amongst like the 1,500 white men there. <laughs> and so he has video of this. And so during the ceremony, members wear costumes, they cre- cremate a coffin. Um, but then Alex Jones was like, it's, it's a satanic ritual. It's all satanic. They're burning real bodies. But the guy who was with him, John Ronson, described it as an overgrown frat party, and he called it Luciferian garbage. And he said that... Well, that's what it seems more like what it is. He said that the effigy in the coffin was clearly paper mache. Yeah. And so the Bohemian Grove spokesperson spokesperson called the ceremony a traditional musical drama (laughs) to celebrate nature in summertime. That's nice. God, what a nice thing. Yeah. And he also said that while Alex Jones's comments are inaccurate, that the footage is real. Like, you can find footage of this on the internet. And so John Ronson did an interview with Frontline about the video, and he said that it basically was just like this really fancy, posh campsite. But Alex Jones was convinced that everything he saw related was related to Satan. Alex Jones also thinks frogs are being <laughs> turned gay because of like fluoride in the drinking water. Yeah, so he's, he's let's take person. everything he says with a grain of salt. And then John Ronson said the cremation ceremony was cheesy and ridiculous. There were fake smoke in like these dumb robes. I honestly think like some of that seems fun. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said that he's totally overselling the whole thing in sort of an irresponsible way which forced me into a strange position that I had to then sort of bring it down a bit and say, no, 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 you know, it wasn't actual human sacrifice. It was just paper mache. So for a while, I was like going around the world basically as sort of a self-appointed defender of a mock human sacrifice, which was a weird position to be put in by Alex. But I felt obviously I had to. I had to tell the truth. And yeah, so that's when me and Alex began to fall out. Honestly, it's easy to get paper mache mixed up with human sacrifice. It really is. I mean... 
arts and crafts is a form of human sacrifice, if you really think about it. It really is. And then in January 2002, a former Marine slash cosplayer slash Six Flags Batman stunt guy named Richard McCaslin attempted to I'm in attempted to raid the Bohemian Grove while dressed as his alter ego the Phantom Patriot. Okay. He claimed to have been concerned about the ritualistic child sacrifice taking place after seeing Alex Jones's video. Mm-hmm. He planned to burn the massive owl statue because he thought it was uh emblematic of uh this god associated with child sacrifice this guy also thinks that obama's a reptile so he's an insane person so this this phantom patriot guy he was wearing a skull mask and a blue jumpsuit he went to the campground with a shotgun a crossbow and a two-foot-long sword a knife and fireworks how was he holding all that i don't know and it was in the winter, so the camp was deserted except for some staff. And so when he got in, he found that the owl was made of concrete instead of redwood, so he couldn't burn it. And he also didn't find any evidence of sacrificial rituals, so he said, fuck it, and he broke into a cabin and he slept in it overnight. <laughs> and then the next morning, nap. he set fire to the empty banquet hall, and then he left the campgrounds, pointed his gun at a guard. He was arrested. And then he was uh, he was later convicted of felony arson burglary. He was sentenced to eleven years in prison. <laughs> That's like so embarrassing for him. Yeah, everything before him breaking into it and everything <laughs> after. <laughs> uh, and then in two thousand eight, a writer for Vanity Fair was caught snooping because he was doing a story on them. They were unethically cutting down redwood trees, apparently. Oh, no. And then there's been a lot of speeches that were delivered at this. They're called Lakeside Talks. Mm. In 1997, former director of the CIA, James Woolsey, gave a speech called Rogues, Terrorists, and National Security in the Next Century. So they're given like, hmm. these serious speeches there. Can only like members go, or do they like buy sell tickets on like Eventbrite? <laughs> no, it's only <laughs> members. <laughs> wow, crazy! In uh, that same year, Anton and Scalia delivered a speech called "Church, State, and the Constitution." Well, it's like to be fair, though, like if you are a member at Soho House or like a member of the Wing, which for those of you who don't know, it's like bad now, but mm-hmm. like it was a women's only club. Like, I saw Kamala Harris speak, and, like, right. when it's these places that are, like, private um, membership-only clubs, like, they do rake in high-profile people to give speeches, you know? So... They do. I don't know if it's necessarily, like, bad or whatever to get someone high-profile. I mean, if it's someone from, like, the CIA who's giving a speech on, like, confidential stuff, that's shady. But, I mean, sometimes you just get high-profile people... Yeah. In 2004, a speech was delivered called that was about the terrorists expecting the World Trade Towers to fall. It was called the Long War of the 21st Century. Uh, In 2005, a speech delivered was called the Case for Immigration Restriction and Dark Energy in the Runway Universe. Like like Project Runway? Yes. That's what I'm assuming. And then 2011... Uh, founder of Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, delivered a speech called The Future of News. That was 2011. So who knows what he was talking about there. 
Um, and then some presidents have appeared there right before they were elected. And Richard Nixon said the speech that gave him the most pleasure and satisfaction from his political career was from the Bohemian Grove in 1967. Well, there you go. There you go. And then 1995, George Bush Sr. allegedly introduced his son to the Bohemian Club. He said his son would make a great president someday. And what happened? Wow. And so except for Trump, every Republican president since 1923 has appeared at the Bohemian Club, and most of them right before they were elected. That's weird. So that's kind of why that woman, Mary Moore, was like, what's going on inside here? And like, who's choosing the Republican president? Like, she got a little suspicious because it's like weird that all these Republicans go to the Bohemian Grove right before they were elected. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the weirdest part. Like, I fuck like peeing on trees and having like weird plays. Like, I want to know about if these people are the Illuminati. Yeah. Uh, in 2007, Bill Clinton was heckled while he was speaking at an event for Hillary. Someone yelled, what about the Bohemian Club? And he was like, the Bohemian Club? Did you say the Bohemian Club? That's where all those rich Republicans go up and stand naked against redwood trees, right? I've never been to the Bohemian Club, but you ought to go. It'd be good for you. You'd get some fresh air. Wow. Handling a heckler like yeah. a pro. And then this is from a former employee that I found on Reddit. It said, once, pretty drunk, this guy stood up, got the attention of the whole grove, and made this toast about how they were the elite, the luckiest, and basically the most privileged people in the world. Not in a we-should-be-thankful way, but in a fuck-yeah-we-rule way. Definitely made me feel out of place. So there's something that, that appears to be related to this, and Uh-oh. that is the the Bilderberg Group. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah, like the Illuminati people? Yeah, I think that we talked about them a little bit with the Denver airport. Yes. But I think that the Bilderberg Group has had a meeting at Bohemian Grove. Oh. And the Bilderberg Group and the Bilderberg Meeting is an annual conference established in 1954 to foster dialogue between Europe and North America. Their agenda used to be to prevent another world war, but now it's like capitalism and stuff like that. Um, its participants are political leaders, experts from industry, finance, academia, and media. It says there is 120 to 150 leaders they're either the same thing or if the Bilderberg Group houses their meetings at... Well, you know, the owl is the personal emblem of a man named Adam Weiss, Weissapod. And in 1776, he founded a secret society called the Illuminati. Interesting. Ooh. So the owl is... Uh, More like the Illuminati. Uh, right. Ain't that the truth? Who? Yeah. Who ain't who that the truth? It's essentially this big, like, middle aged dude frat party full of people who like run the world, and so they get yeah. wasted and they discuss the fate of the world the next day. Like, it's total, it's totally crazy. And then piss on trees and, and piss make on butt trees. jokes. Whoops, wrong floor, sir. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so there are some rumors and conspiracies about like human sacrifice. That are maybe like the missing hikers from around the woods. Like they're the actual people who are in the coffin that they burn every year. In 1990, a guy named Paul Bonacci went to a lawyer and said, In the summer of 1984, I went to Sacramento, California. We were driven for an hour to an area that had big trees. There was a cage with a boy in it. And this guy, Paul, was 16 at the time. He said he was forced at gunpoint to do some sexual stuff with the other underage boys. 
There were men in hoods there. They raped the boy in the cage and shot and killed him. Paul also said the men were part of a satanic group and planned to use the dead boy in a ceremony. And Paul wasn't sure if it was the Bohemian Grove where he was, but his lawyer said that the area he described and the amount of time he was spent in the car, like the trees, the cabins could possibly have been Bohemian Grove. But that testimony was never used in any case against the Bohemian Club. Hmm. Now, do you th- are you thinking that the name Paul Bonacci sounds familiar? Yeah, I was wondering why I we've heard that before. We talked Bonacci, about him at least I, in the Johnny Go Johnny Gosh that's episode. Right? Oh my! Wait, was that that person's uh, grandpa? Or well, something? he told a lawyer about a paper boy that was kidnapped and brought to these underground pedophile rings that the private detective that worked on this case. Den- Denny Whalen. Oh my God. Remember his uh, niece called in or his great yeah. niece called in? Or yes. In. So Paul Bonacci, yeah, he was working with Denny Whalen, the private investigator, about the Franklin Community Credit Union scandal in Omaha. That is so crazy. Yeah. So he was, so his lawyer was like, well, maybe he was taken to the Bohemian Grove because it was around the area. Holy shit, yeah. dude. Because this guy, Paul, was awarded a million dollars for mental and physical abuse from from Lawrence King from that like huge pedophile ring. So like that was a real thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was wild. And then another rumor is that it's actually a secret society to create a new world order. Because people think because the Manhattan Project allegedly started there. And then oh. another theory is that maybe someone has secret tapes of all the dudes there. Like, similar to Epstein's house, where, like, they have video evidence of them, like, doing whatever they do there. Yeah. And they're, like, sworn to secrecy. And there's apparently, like, prostitution house nearby. I'm sure. Well, that would be smart if for the, you know, madam to build a place, like, right outside that place. Miss Maria's silly. 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 Silly slaughterhouse. Miss Maria's silly sluts. Silly sluts. Right outside, ro- right outside Bohemian Grove. Yeah, in the redwoods. Yeah, it's like a camp theme. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, that's fun. and just to be clear, this has nothing to do with my my scared silly school. This is a completely different endeavor. This is not right. Separate LLCs. Separate. I know they both have silly. In yeah, them. you're definitely gonna need different bank accounts for yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different bank accounts. And that's it. That's that's all I got for the Bohemian Grove. Well, wow, that is pretty crazy, man. It definitely like had way more peeing than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, um, that's is the one my thing real takeaway. I took away from is is just dudes peeing on trees. On trees, and they like that's the most sacred thing about it. Yeah. So I think that I mean that our next plan of action is that we just have to make that shirt that said um, "I peed on a tree at uh, Bohemian Grove." Yeah. Yeah. Maria, what's your takeaway? <laughs> I think that it's it's. Uh, I I don't want to <laughs> go. If anyone's inviting no, me, I don't want to go. So bad, no, it's horrible. No, it's horrible. The humor's bad. I mean, it smells like uh, above all, the humor's bad. Yeah, and that's. It's just a bunch of guys who think they're funny, and at the end of the day, we don't have time for that. <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't. We don't have time. I don't have time for that. No. Um, anyways, uh, Melissa, if, um, anyone has started their own kind of like call door secret society, uh, <laughs> that involves peeing on trees or doesn't, where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com or you can f- contact us on Twitter or Instagram 
at a web crawler's pod. I think that sounds perfect. Yeah. I, I think that sounds perfect. Um, alrighty. Well, um, I'm Allie. Oops, wrong floor. Siegel. And I'm Melissa Boobhemian Stetton. And I'm Maria. Look at me pee the suchi. The the yes, please. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Powered by ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.